What is up, guys? You're listening to episode 119 of the MFCEO Project. I'm Andy, I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Yeah, I know that intro was a little different, but I was getting tired of hearing the same thing. I was getting annoyed by myself for saying the same thing, so I just got to change it up. Guys, if this is your first time listening, welcome. This podcast is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you own a business. It doesn't matter if you aspire to own a business. It doesn't matter if you don't aspire to own a business. This podcast is for you if you have the mentality of wanting to punch life straight in the fucking mouth, kick ass, and take no prisoners in everything you do, which is the definition of greatness. Why is it called the MFCEO Project? A lot of people say, Andy, why do you got to say motherfucker in front of the CEO? Because it's cool. It means you're a badass. And what better way to go through life than being a bad motherfucker and being the motherfucking CEO of your life? How many people go through life living in a box that they were put in by other people only to wish that they would have just taken control of their life and done the things they wanted to do, become the person they wanted to be. And that person they wanted to be is that person that you dream about being before you go to sleep at night, okay? It's the one you don't tell anybody about. And it's the one that you should be. And that's a motherfucking CEO, all right? That's what we're gonna talk about. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Vaughn Kohler, a.k.a. the Pastor of Disaster, a.k.a. Vaughn the Impaler, a.k.a. DJ DJ God. What's up, my man? I've got a new pre-podcast ritual, and you're gonna it's just going to blow your it's not mind. not masturbating, is it? No. Okay. No, that might work for some people. <laughs> no, I'm a child of the 80s. So I, I drive in here, you know, I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne. I was listening to Motley Crue. I was listening to ACDC, which brings up a very important point that I want to make. You like this rap stuff, but... Rap, I really think you need. Nonsense. I think I think I really think you need to open up Thursday Thunders with Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. That's a good intro. It is a good. I intro. I can play it on guitar. It, can you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a that's a cool intro. That is, I like yeah. That. So I was so I was locked in listening to that. So it, we're just gonna take it to the next level. I'm down with that. Yeah. I like my I like my John Cena yeah. intro. See, we you don't even know, but we changed the intro on you. No, I know. What's that? Oh, do you? Dun, 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 dun. What is John that? Cena, dude. Yeah, I don't. I see. I, I John Cena isn't he an actor? You're fucking fired. <laughs> isn't he the Marine guy that's an actor? Oh, I guess he is the Marine. You're still fired. All right. He's a wrestler, dude. He's cool as fuck. Yeah, but he's a, okay. Fine, but that's like is that music is cool on its own though. I like the intro. Music. Do you think of The Rock as an actor or a wrestler? Actor. Okay. Easily. Okay. But it took a long time for me to think that. Yeah, yeah. And. We're also joined by our producer, MC Salmon, a.k.a. Tyler. <laughs> Once again, the only time he even wants to introduce me is just so he can come up with, you know, That's right. my I just nickname. want to make sure that MC Salmon sticks to you. No, dude, I, I get, you know, yeah. I get some messages already about it. I want it to it. stick. Yeah. yeah. Make Did it you stick. see some people, somebody suggested that we start marketing MF CEO Salmon shorts? You know what? Yeah. You guys can all wear those things, but I'm sticking a camo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. What are we talking about today? Well, you know, everybody always wants to know your take on things. Yeah, they books, do. Books, different cultural phenomena. And uh, you've seen that video that's gone ar- gone around with uh, Simon Sinek talking about millennials in the workplace? Yes, I did. I did. Well, I basically, it was pretty good. 
Yeah, it is good. Yeah. It had a lot of really good things to I, say. I, you know what? I honestly, <laughs> I don't agree with a lot of things that he says, but that was a great video. It was. Um, I also, you know, I don't know. Some of the things he says are a little out there for me, and I don't really agree with them because they're not real world shit. It's idealism. And I'm not an idealist. I'm a realist. So uh, I can get down with some of the things he says, but a lot of the shit he says, you could tell it's not coming from a place of reality. It's coming from a place of what would be ideal. But with that being said, I do like some of his stuff. Never met him personally. I'm sure he's a cool dude. Uh, but that video was great. It, it yeah. is great. So uh, we're going to link it, link to the video from the website, the MSCEO.com. But I basically, I transcribed it and I broke it down. And uh, I'm going to throw out some key concepts that Simon Sinek talks about. We're just going to get Andy's take on it because this is relevant to our audience. I mean, you could, most of you guys listening are millennials, yeah. frankly. And then those that aren't are going to have to do business with millennials. Yep. And I know uh, and it's a completely different way of dealing with people. Right. And, and I was going to bring up the point before we get really into this is, is that you, I mean, this is your life. You hire a ton of millennials and have done very successful. I would say with the almost every single employee of ours. Is right. Right. So, um, so let me just throw out. So basically he starts out by saying that millennials are pretty much anybody born 1984 uh, or after. And he says, and I quote, apparently they are tough to manage, accused of being entitled, narcissistic, self-interested, unfocused, lazy, but entitled being the big one. And then he says, uh, because they confound leaders so much, leaders are asking the millennials, what do you want? And this is what they're finding out that they want. They want a place of purpose. They want to work in a place of purpose. They want to make an impact, as Simon Sinek says, whatever that means. And then they want free food and beanbags. So I guess my first question in your experience is, what, why do you think millennials in particular are so driven by this sense of purpose? And how do you as an employer, how have you provided that sense of purpose? Well, <clears throat> a lot of people will read that and think it's a bad thing, you know, to be driven by purpose. Like a lot of business people, I would say, you know, like business people always say that, um, you know, oh, millennials are driven by purpose and they kind of make fun of them or whatever. But like, I actually think it's cool that they're driven by purpose because now with the way that business has evolved, and we've talked about this before, you know, if you're not driven by purpose, if you're not driven by solving a problem, if you're not driven by something other than just making a dollar, you're not going to make it anymore because the the reaction speed of, of feedback in, in terms of like what businesses, uh, you know, how they succeed and the word of mouth travels so quickly that if you're not actually legitimately trying to help people or solve a problem or providing a great product that solves a problem, you're not going to be successful anymore. So being driven by purpose is a great thing because that's what makes money, right? Yeah. You know, cause most CEOs, they want to make money. Um, but the way you make money is by solving a problem or getting behind a, a cause and, and solving whatever problem is from that cause. So, I mean, I think that's a cool thing. I think that if more people were driven by purpose, they would make a lot more money. But why do you think that's a thing no, no, now? No. Oh, I'm going to get to that. Okay. So, but I think the reason that millennials are driven by purpose is not because they think it's going to make them money. I think it's quite the opposite. I think a lot of them have grown up to hear their parents fucking bitch about money or say evil people are rich or blah, 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 blah. And they think that they're doing a morally correct thing. In terms of like, oh, I'm so driven by this higher purpose. 
and they say it, but the funny thing is, is they're getting money for it and they're making money because of it. And that's how you make money. So really they're fucking pissing in their own pond and they don't even fucking know it. Right. You know, which is fucking funny because to me, it's like you're rebelling against the man. Well, (laughs) a true leader would know how to use that to fucking make money anyway. Right. So, you know, being driven by purpose is a great thing. And if you want to make money, you should be driven by purpose. But those people are doing it out of spite of that culture. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, as a leader or a manager of those people, you just got to learn how to use it. You know, yeah. you've got to bring uh, bring the purpose of your business, which your business should have a fucking purpose, to the forefront to motivate them instead of dollars. You know, if you're selling tires, you know, you could apply this to anything. That's why I use these basic examples. But if you're selling fucking tires and you're spiffing your dude 10 bucks a tire for every tire he sells... You know, that's not going to motivate these people. You know what's going to motivate them? You you showing them how to sell the safest tires that's going to get the family from here to their family vacation with the least chance of getting injured. And your job is so important and you can't let these people down. So you have to sell them the best tire for the job, right? Well, the best tire for the job actually happens to also be the most expensive tire for the job. Right. You know, but you as a manager, you know how to fucking communicate that properly. Really, it's just a communication thing. Right. You know, so I mean, because that that touches on the second like, dude, point. 10 years ago, you could tell somebody, oh, sell the most expensive amount of tires, set of tires, and we'll give you the biggest commission. And they would have sold it just for that, you know, but people have changed. And I, I think it's a good change. I think it's a great change. I think the reason most business people have a hard time dealing with that is because they're too fucking stupid and stuck in their old ways to realize how to communicate to these people. I don't have a problem managing the millennials that work here. I have over 120 of them. They kick ass. We fucking dominate in everything that we do. And if we're not dominating yet, we are going to because we are a purpose driven brand. You know, we're, we are, we put the people first. We put people first and we put getting results first. And that's why we're successful. That's a purpose. You know, what's the purpose of what we do? Dude, all kinds of things. We get emails here every day about people losing 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 fucking pounds coming off their antidepressants, coming back from eating disorders, learning healthy habits, you know, uh, getting themselves out of depression where they were suicidal before because they took care of their bodies and they, they got their confidence back and their self-esteem. What is not purposeful about that? That's what makes our company so great. And that's why our independent rep program, our Legionnaire program that people can join, you know, to become a part of is so successful because do we have such a higher purpose here and we're customer focused in terms of solutions. So it's easy with what I do because that's an easy thing to get behind. You know, but most companies will say, like, that's why I use the tire example. They'll say, oh, well, I sell tires. I can't have a purpose. No, you have a fucking purpose. That's why you're in fucking business. If you didn't have a purpose, you wouldn't be in business. You've just got to figure out what that purpose is on a higher level and communicate that to your people so they feel good about what the fuck they do. You know, that's it. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I, th- I think it's right. Great. No, I, I agree with you. And as I'm as I'm listening to you talk, I realize that you know the first two points they make were you know they're driven by a purpose and they also want to make an impact. And those well, things are basically well, look, interchangeable. Dude, I, I'm, I've not been one to be very friendly towards millennials because there is a lot of laziness and there is a lot of entitlement. The millennials listening right now, they might be disagreeing with me on that statement some because they're not like that. Because if you were like that, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But look around at your friends, at your fucking, you know, buddies who are, if you're, look at what they do. They, they don't work like our forefathers worked. They don't hustle balls. They don't take pride in their work. You know, like, dude, my family comes from construction background. They might not have made the most money, but dude, I could tell you I drive down the street with my, with my cousin or my dad 
and they could say, I built that house. I built that house. I built that house. And they take pride in that statement. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's go- that's something that's not in our genera- in this generation that we're talking about the same way. But I do think a big reason so so I will rip on the millennials from a couple different standpoints and that's one of them. And realize if you're listening and you're millennial, you're not one of these people or you wouldn't be listening. But I will say that a lot of the bad rep that they get comes from people not understanding how to utilize them correctly in the workforce. You see what I'm saying? So there's, you know, there's, there's guys out there who say, oh, millennials have so much potential and this and that. And they're the fucking greatest. Like Gary loves this. You know, really what Gary's doing is making a video for millennials to follow him. So he's telling people, oh, they're so fucking great. And they're so this or those. Realize that Gary's much smarter than any of you. And he is. And he's making a video saying, hey, millennials are awesome. So millennials will follow him. But I'm going to tell you right now, he, millennials are not fucking awesome. Okay. They're fucking, they're really no different than any other generation other than they were raised during a technology era where we were all raised during an industrial area. You know what I mean? And, uh, era. And, and so, you know, I'm not going to sit there and make a video that says, oh, they're so great or oh, they're so shit. If you're lazy, you're lazy. If you're fucking hard worker, you're hard worker, no matter what age you are. You know what I mean? But I will tell you this. If you're a millennial listening to this podcast, here's where the breakdowns are with millennials. One, they don't know how to communicate properly. They were raised on fucking video games, on computer games, on fucking TV, on the internet. They don't know how to do basic human communication. So, you know, doing learning things like how to how to actually have an, an, an conversation or build relationships that aren't awkward is a huge advantage to any millennial listening right now. If you're somebody who is in the millennial generation, be thankful that you are because most of the people around you are not going to work hard because they've been told they were awesome. They've been told they were special. They've been told they were winners, even when they weren't winners. And because of that, they're going to lose, right? They're going to go out. The world's going to kick their fucking ass and they're going to get stomped on. So if you're a millennial, if, if you're a millennial and you're surrounded by these people who are not going to compete because they get stomped on the first time and they quit, you are at a huge advantage. Like, dude, the millennials that want to work right now and build and create and build and make money and do things, those people are never, it's never going to be easier for somebody in the history of earth to become a millionaire or a multimillionaire or even a billionaire because we have the technology to communicate instantly. We have all these things in our favor. There's more money and there's less, uh, I'm sorry, there's more margin and there's less cost in almost every product out there right now. Things are easy to get made. Uh, information as it is at its highest availability, but also its highest value ever. And you're compete, you're competing with people that don't want to compete. So your ability to succeed is at an all time high. So, you know, while millennials, you know, generally have issues with things that we talked about, if you're a millennial that can correct and doesn't have those issues when actually, you know, has the right mindset, you're the kind of person that's going to fucking dominate. Because like when I was competing, everybody worked hard. Everybody was trying to succeed. When your dad was competing, everybody was hustling. Everybody was trying to make a dollar. Now you have these motherfuckers that don't think that money matters, which is ridiculous because it fucking does, you know, try to pay for your fucking bills with fucking sunshine and rainbows. We all know it doesn't work. So if you're one of these people that can realize this now and you're fucking 17, 18, 19, your potential is the most that it's ever been. That's the bottom line. And like, I wish Gary would say that in his videos as opposed to saying they're all fucking awesome because really what you're doing is telling them the same shit that they're fucking, they've been told their whole lives. 
Absolutely. I'm you glad know. you touched on the issue of social skills and relationships because we're going to touch on that later. But real quick, going back. So basically, the first two points being driven by a sense of purpose. Second, wanted to make an impact. The third one, he said, kind of tongue-in-cheek, although also very serious, was they want uh, free food and beanbags. What I've noticed about the culture of First Form is that you you not only inculcate this this deep sense of purpose in your employees and this deep sense of wanting to impact people's lives, but there's also a lot of fun involved in that. And so my question to you is on a very practical level, you're speaking to, to I all had, the, I just had this conversation this morning. Let, uh, real quick though, there. just so my, so, so on a very practical level, like what would you tell business owners? How do you, what are the ground level steps to starting to build this kind of culture? When? 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 when. Okay. You, do you ever see a winning team not having fun? No. You ever see a losing team having fun? No. You ever see a losing team in sports have a good culture? No. You ever seen, does every single winning team have a great culture? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. It's winning. Okay. You can't manufacture it. All right. Now, the hard part is, is how do you get people to believe in winning before you're fucking winning? That's where the fucking skill comes in. All right. But otherwise, once the culture is established, if you're winning, people are generally having fun. If you're not winning, it sucks. And that's that. All right? So we could talk about building a culture, and that's an entirely different subject. We could talk about that for, I could talk about that for 10 hours, but I'll cut it real short. Define your core values, what the company stands for. Define your purpose. All right? What's your company stand for? You know, we have our core values here. We have things, you know, uh, that basically envelop everything that we stand for. Uh, go the extra mile, take initiative, accept responsibility, you know, blah, 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 blah. Bunch of different things. And what we do is we communicate in those terms. You know, when I'm coaching someone and they're not doing a good job, I'm saying, okay, you're not, you're not correcting. I'm, I'm trying to explain to you and you're not listening to me. You're not being humble enough to learn from somebody who knows and you think your way is right. You need to be more humble and you're, you're violating core value. We live and die by those core values, okay? And I'm giving you a rough example. But we communicate in those terms. And when you start to communicate in those terms, when you, when you correct people or praise people, the culture starts to live. It starts to breathe, all right? What happens is, is that, you know, you, that's the first step. The second step is you've got to define your goals and your purpose, once you define, and obviously the, the strategic steps that need to be taken to, to you know, accomplish whatever that goal or purpose is for the company. Once you start doing that, the second step, and you start moving forward, you have to celebrate the progress. Like, hey, look, you guys are doing this. It's working. We're moving forward. Eventually what happens is you start to fucking win. And when you win, and I'm taking out all the practical, uh, tactical elements of this conversation like that should be taken for a given. Like you've got to have a great product. You've got to care about your customers. I'm not going to talk about all that shit because it would take forever, all right? I, I'm a, you have to have a good product. If you don't have a good product, you don't have a fucking business. Um, but once you start to win, what happens is, and you're communicating in that culture, then you have a fucking culture that starts to really live. And it's not, it's not just something that you talk about it's not the sign in your locker room in high school that you ran down the steps and touched when you went out on the fucking field it's something that is real it becomes a real living breathing 
part of your company and not only a part of your company, but the most valuable part of your company. Okay. Because what happens then is that your employees and people, we call it a family here because it is that start to care about the culture. All right. And that does a bunch of different things. One, it keeps all the negativity and the negative culture aspects out. So like, if so we hire somebody and they're not a fit, the fucking rest of the team will fucking filter it out instantly and they'll be out. So they start to protect the culture. And then, you know, the culture comes into, you know, everything that you do. When you meet somebody, when these guys leave and they meet somebody, they're a representative of our brand. Somebody connects with that person one-on-one or through email or through social media. They're like, man, I love what this dude's about. That's the culture. And then that's what people are attracted to. That's why people buy from from your company, you know. And culture is the most important thing you could ever have uh, because it – builds so many things and does so many things for you automatically. Like it's that quote unquote thing. It's that thing that the company has. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know what's different about that company. They just have it. Well, your culture is it. Right. You know? Right. And, um, you know, most business owners have no fucking clue in order. They care. They don't even care. They don't even know what culture means. Like if you fucking wrote down, uh, if you asked most CEOs what culture means and especially small business owners, They'd be like, I don't know. Everybody seems to be like, you know, <laughs> joking around the water cooler, having a fun time. They don't fucking get it. Like, it takes a, t- it it takes huge amounts of effort and time to instill a culture and to maintain it and to feed it and to let it grow and become its own thing. But once it's its own thing, it's a massive part of your business, and that's what makes you dominate your competition because most competition can't they can't develop culture. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. And I will do a whole podcast on this because it's. Yeah. Way more important than this five minute segment here. But, um, you know, when you when you have a good culture, usually, you know, once you get it winning, it's going to keep winning as long as you keep maintaining the culture by winning and by uh, communicating in those terms of core values uh, and getting everybody to believe and all those things. And they start to steamroll and snowball. And so, like, dude, when you're winning, you have fucking fun, you know, like. We don't have a we don't have a set time when you have to be here in the morning or when you fucking leave. Like, dude, people usually roll in here like eight o'clock, eight thirty. Sometimes you know they don't roll in till fucking nine thirty or nine forty-five. Yeah, they usually don't leave here till fucking seven or eight or nine. Not because we make them; it's because they like it here. And it's fun, and not because we have fucking bean bags. That's what people don't get. They think instilling a culture is like, oh, guess what? We like go to any small corporate business and they think like having a culture is like having a cake in the fucking in the fucking kitchen room and having a birthday party. Oh, we celebrated Joe's birthday. That's culture. No, it's not. Oh, we we put in these special uh the special stress-free room with fucking squeezy balls and <laughs> and bean bags. It's good culture. No. That's not what makes culture. That's not what makes a fun environment. What makes a fun environment is everybody learning, everybody progressing, everybody fucking becoming better, everybody succeeding, and everybody having fun because we're fucking winning. And everybody understanding what the ultimate goal is inside the company. Because it's not like we want to be here, but we all have this goal in mind that we want to hit. Yeah. Well, no, so you want to be here. Because you want to hit the goal. Kind of. <laughs> no. I mean, dude, you're you're being these people think that you're I know you're fuck what you're saying. These yeah. people think you're being literal. You're not here till fucking eight o'clock last night because you because you fucking didn't want to be here. You want to be here because you want to fucking win. Yes. And that's you know, that's what that's what drives having fun, man. 
You know what I, I'm saying? I feel like what you're saying is so profound, but also so like no doubt. Dude, look, every it's, company out there trying to create this positive environment for millennials. You want to fucking build a company with millennials? Tell them how fucking bad they suck when they suck and teach them how to be fucking great. Because when you teach these motherfuckers to kick ass and be great and do shit that nobody else ever taught them, guess who they look up to? You. Think about the high school coach that you had that you hated or the teacher that you fucking hated because they were so hard, and they but they taught you and they made you better and they molded you. And then all of a sudden, tw- 10 years later, you look back and you're like, man, that was the best fucking teacher I ever had. That was the best coach I ever had. That's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I'm tough as fuck on these motherfuckers. I don't take no shit. You know, like, dude, I, 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 but you know what, when they're doing good or, or we're not talking about business, it's not like I walk through the office fucking screaming at them all day. Like I bust their balls. We have a good time. We joke around, but when it's business time, it's fucking business time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that flight of the Concord song. You ever heard that? <laughs> business time. <laughs> it you seems obviously to me, haven't because that was a fake ass laugh. No, yeah, I haven't. Tyler, um, you know what I'm talking about. because He was smiling. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Well, it seems to me like the stuff that people think is actually wisdom in business. Like if you Fucking trans business time. Well, well, but I was saying is if you transferred it to anything else, people would see the insanity of it. It's like, can you imagine an NFL team going zero and thirteen, and the management thinking, well, but we're giving them free food after practice? You know what I'm That's saying? That's what they think, right? No, and they think this. Oh, you know, uh, it's going. Oh, we went zero and thirteen, but we have a good culture. No, you don't. No. A good culture doesn't fucking lose. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you can't manufacture false culture. I see so many companies doing this shit to appease millennials. Like, oh, we're going to take them out on a team dinner. Oh, we're going to go ride go-karts. Oh, we're going to go to this or we're going to go to that or we're going to do a special event. Like, dude, people look at us and they think they try to replicate our culture and they try to think that like, you know, oh, they're going to because we go shoot guns and do shit together and people see it online. And... They're like, oh, well, if we take our employees out and do the same things, we'll have the same culture. No, motherfucker, you never have the same culture. You know why? Because you're not me. Right. That culture starts at the fucking top, and it flows all the way down. And we only get to do that shit because we're winning. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I ain't taking you guys to do shit if you fucking lose. <laughs> right. Right. That's rule number one. I don't celebrate losing. You know what I mean? And dude, people have it backwards. They think if they... They think if someone's losing and they baby enough and they're friendly enough and they become friends with them that all of a sudden that person's going to love being there. No. People want to fucking win, man. It's an innate feeling in our hearts. I don't care how old somebody is. I don't care if they're millennials. I don't care what generation they come from. If they're winning, they're going to have fun. So teach them how to fucking win and they'll respect you for it and they'll perform for it and they'll be loyal for it. That's what culture's about. So we could stop now, and this uh, podcast would be worth every penny that you pay for it and more. But uh, let's Which is move zero. on. Yeah, what's that? Which is zero. Right, exactly. So, so I know you just got- But it's not free. I know you it's just priceless. got fucking content. I know because I know how few people actually know what I just said, that that deserves for you guys to share the podcast. Absolutely. Just Bring us a that. friend. But guess what? Because- you guys are such special friends of ours. We're going to keep going with this podcast. That's right. Exactly. And we're going to lay down some extra shit because you know what? I feel like laying down some extra shit. Yeah. Can definitely. you feel the energy, Vaughn? I can feel it. It's all because I listen to Crazy I can Train. See the hairs that aren't on your head standing up <laughs> on end. <laughs> okay. Are you laughing at salmon shorts? <laughs> all right. So I think half the podcast value is me making fun of you guys. I think it is. <laughs> You know, when I get a little bit more comfortable, I'll make fun of you, but... but dude, there's nothing to make fun of. What are you going to make fun of? Oh. There's nothing to make fun moving of. Moving right along. Look at this awesome beard. It's fucking true. Svelte muscles. It's true. Maybe a year ago, there might have been a, 
a few things to make. Or you're gonna make fun of Fat Person Vaughn. <laughs> see, Holy we shit! We already see how Vaughn feels about overweight people. No He's kidding. You and Tyler didn't cross that line. That's uh-uh. true. People hair shame me all the time. I can I can fat shame, right? Can I? I don't know. I think fat shaming is out, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. Okay, so moving right along. So part two of Cynic's video is he basically establishes, you know, the orientation of millennials. And then he says, he says, the thing is that employees provide all this stuff. And yet for some reason, their millennial employees are still not happy. And that's because. That's because of what I just said. Right. Because of that. But he also, he identifies four pieces. Parenting, technology, impatience, and environment. Well, and those know, are the causes. Right. So I I'm, just gave you the fucking answers. You did. You right. did. So, but I, I would love to hear what you say to this. He says, okay, so point number one he makes is parenting. And he says, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just summarize. Parents are he pussies. Says, he says, too many millennials grew up subjected to failed parenting strategies. He says, they were told that they were special all the time. They were told they could have anything they wanted just because they wanted. Some of them got honors classes, not because they deserved it, but because their parents complained. Some of them got A's, not because they earned it, but because they didn't want to deal with, because the teachers didn't want to deal with parents. Some kids got participation medals, a medal for coming in last. And he says, the science is pretty clear. It devalues the medal for the award uh, for those who worked hard, and it also makes the young person who came in last feel embarrassed because they didn't deserve it. So actually, they feel worse. So he draws all this together, and he says, so this is how people were raised, and they go out in the world, and in an instant, they discover that's not how the world works. Hey, man. And he says it actually ends up doing the exact opposite of what what it was supposed to. 100%. They go out thinking they're special, falling flat on their face. And end up having worse self-esteem than the. I know they began I've got with. a soundbite somewhere about this, like where the white, where you go out in the world and the world steps on your fucking throat. I I know I said this before. Right. Right. Like, dude, it's what I said in the beginning of the podcast. You're you're fucking an idealist. This is an idealist strategy. We're gonna. It's it's a, it's it's working in the wrong direction. Right. The idealist strategy is this: we need to make everybody feel good about themselves, and we need to make them feel special, and we need to make tell them how great they are. And if they, we tell them that enough times, they'll feel fucking great, and they'll be successful, and they'll be happy, and live happy happily ever after. That's not correct. The reason people feel great is because they learn the skills to overcome and achieve, and actually do things that are of value to them through actual winning which builds confidence, which makes them feel great, which gives them the tools to go out in the world and kick ass. So it's something that is done from a backwards point of view for people designed by people who are too fucking lazy or uninformed or uneducated to go out and teach their kids the proper skills, which is the whole point of the book that we did was to fucking fix this failed parenting strategy. You mean Otis and Charlie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you you could tell somebody they're great all you want. It does, for a million fucking years, but you put them in the real world and the real world is going to shit right on their face. The first day, the first day you go to fucking work and you sit down in your job and you're, you know, you fucking kick your feet up on the desk and think you're the CEO because you want to be the CEO, what's going to happen? You're going to get fucking fired. That's reality. So we can talk about, you know, uh, people just don't appreciate reality, Vaughn, like they used to. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I can remember my dad being like, like literally, like my dad. Like I was a fat kid and I like to fucking eat. All right. So my dad knew that. All right. So when, 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 when I would get mad at my dad for staying at fucking work 
Like I'd be like, Dad, you're late. We gotta, you know, I want to go do this or I want to do that. He'd be like, Look, do you want to fucking eat or not? And that got the point across because number one, I like to fucking eat and I want to eat. But number two, if there ain't no money, I don't fucking eat. So, Dad, you go ahead and stay at work. But I want to eat when you get home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, it makes total sense. It, it, Dude, parents don't fucking get it, man. And and it's not even really their fault because they're told by the quote-unquote experts that this is the politically correct way Absolutely. to fucking do it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like So, like, if you're a parent and you're thinking, oh, I've raised my kid this way, dude, you know what? You know it was wrong when you did it. You were just trying to do the right thing because you were listening to fucking whoever on Monday Morning America or whatever the fuck show is, you know, now, and you did what they said. Well, guess what? They're not a fucking expert. You know what an expert is? An expert is a parent who actually raised two kids that win. Go find that fucking parent. Go find my mom or my dad who have fucking two kids that are both high achiever, high income earners, high philanthropists, okay, and basically all around awesome dudes, if I don't say so myself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but I'm saying go find parents that did that. And what you'll find the same things they had, they, they, they instilled all the same principles. So my question is uh, clearly you agree with him that there's a breakdown in parenting. So if you were going to, if you were going to take literally the whole millennial generation of parents together and say, listen, guys, I'll put them on an island and burn it. (laughs) It's not not kidding. Okay. It would fix the culture and and maybe we have to burn the next generation too. Okay. So if you gave them, we're going to get some email. You you believe in fucking genocide. (laughs) No, parent aside. No, it would be uh, generation side. Generation side. Yeah. But seriously, hey, if you gave you gotta, them one concrete, one concrete pro tip, guys, if you want to start correcting your bad parenting strategy, buy, one, buy Andy Frisella's book. It, that's a good, well, that is. I'm not kidding. No, I've I'm gotten not, a yeah. fucking shitload of emails. I'm talking yeah. like over 100 emails yeah. from parents in less than two weeks' time who have all said the same thing. Uh, it said, I'll read this one to you. It's, it's really cool, man. While like, you're looking that up, I just want to tell everybody. I got it right here, Vaughn. Well, let me to... tell people already that, guys, we're burning through the first printing run. Some of you have said, when's the next book coming out? Uh, it's coming out soon. Um, yeah, people people so, are already wanting to buy the, yeah. other, the next books, which is fucking great. Yeah. Dude, so I got On a... that note, can I just tell people, a lot of you guys have bought it. You're giving us great feedback, but Amazon reviews are really helpful. Yeah, and, leave uh, an Amazon so, review. So if you can uh, leave especially an Amazon fucking, review, that'd be great. Especially the highest rated one. Yeah, like five star. Yeah, every one. Yeah. So if everyone doesn't get five star, I'm coming to take your book, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> so this this po- this guy posts, um, Nathan Plans on Instagram posts, he said, so I read this book to Owen the other night. Man, was I impressed at how my son actually got and understood the message of the book. Well done, Vaughn and Andy. I definitely recommend this book to any parent. I have had 100 plus emails slash posts exactly like that. Like people are talking to their kids in the terms of Otis and Charlie, and they are, their mind is fucking blown that these little bitty kids, this kid's probably two, three, are understanding the concepts. Guess what, people? They're little fucking humans. They understand shit. Okay, you just got to talk to him instead of putting fucking Barney on and not raising your fucking kid and sticking him in front of a fucking video game. How about you read him a book on values and you have to work to earn shit and all the things that are going to help them through the course of their life when they're little so that when they get big, they can fucking succeed. Telling him, oh, little Owen, you're going to be the best fucking human ever because you're my human is not going to help him. 
You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you could tell people all you want how great they are. I've got some fucking, if I have a shitty employee in here and I go to his desk every day and say, oh, Tyler, you're so great. Every day when he sucks, who am I hurting? I'm hurting him. I'm hurting his fucking family or his future family. I'm hurting the company. I'm hurting all the people that work at the company because I'm holding it back because he's not being able to do his job. You know what I mean? Dude, prepare your kids from the early age, man. They get it. They understand it. You've just got to put the effort in. And, and we've talked about this before, but this is a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to truly love and care about somebody. Yes, people that think being a, gr- a leadership. People yeah. think leadership, and when you're a parent, guess what? You're a fucking leader. They think leadership is hugging and kissing and being nice. That's not leadership. Dude, part of leadership is celebrating wins where you get to hug and kiss and be nice. But the other part of leadership is teaching them. And the third part of leadership is identifying when they do wrong shit and correcting them on it. And people forget those other two. They just want to do the fucking glory shit, you know? And no matter how much you do, the dude, you want your kids to hate you? Keep raising them like the people have been raised for the last fucking 20 years. Your kids will fucking hate you. They'll say, my parent was worthless. They didn't do anything for me. They didn't teach me anything. You know how many people that work in my company that I've had tell me, like, dude, my dad never taught me anything. He never taught me anything. He taught me, he taught me a little bit, but dude, I've learned so much more here. You know, dude, it's sad. You know, like, and I hate to say that. I'm not going to say any names, but like, dude, you know, that's sad because I'm a fucking, I see these dudes a little bit of time. Like you saw them for 20 fucking years, you know, and you probably told them how perfect they were. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's a, it's when you have a good dad, it's something that you'd take for granted, but you forget that some people just don't. Um, dude, a lot of people don't. So Sinek goes on to say, and he said, the other thing that compounds things is that we're in a, Facebook and Instagram world and we're good at putting filters on things and showing people that life is amazing all the time even though people are depressed so everybody seems tough they seems to have it all figured out but they really aren't and so what he's saying is in addition to the fact that you know they've been not prepared for the world and they're being smacked around they're also in a world that acts like everything's okay and and life should be amazing all the time, and I, and you talk a lot about this in one of our earlier podcast episodes. In um, living your passion isn't rainbows and unicorns, and you talked about how people have very weird expectations that if you pursue the life you love, that means every day is just going to be awesome. And Cynic says that's part of the problem with millennials; they don't understand. Well, that's dude, not like that. They, again, they've been raised by people who like to paint a picture that is ideal, not real. There's a big difference. You know, reality is you're going to get punched in the fucking mouth. Idealism is, is that you, you know, you're you, so you could be anything you want and you don't face any resistance along the way. And, you know, the people who are taught idealism never succeed because the first time they do get punched in the face, which is reality, they quit. And then they, they pout and they stomp their feet or they shoot up a fucking school, you know? Right. And like, that's the problem right now. It's it, it's failed parenting strategies. Mm-hmm. Just this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I think one of the reasons that people have resonated so much with this podcast is that as active on social media as you are in Facebook and Instagram, there is a reality to your posts and your personal brand that I think people were hungry for. That you when you have a crappy well, dude, day, you just real. say it. I mean, you let's know? be fucking real. Like most of these motherfuckers out there, with the exception of a couple, aren't even real business owners. They're dudes who make their money off selling fucking info products. And they haven't had the experience to speak on the things that I speak about. And people know that when they listen because they know in their heart who's the real deal and who isn't. Gary Vee runs a real company. 
I run a real company. A lot of other motherfuckers don't run shit. They run a social media account and collect money for it. So, first of all, yeah, it's a lot more real than most fucking people. Okay? Second of all, um, I hate people who are lazy. And so, I'm, I'm extremely aggressive in the way I present myself. I'm also a direct communicator. I don't have time for your fucking emotions, and nor do I give a fuck. Because that's not my job. My job is to get you to perform. So, I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do to perform without cutting any fluff or, or any pats on the ass. Because you know what? People who need pats on the ass are people who I don't need to waste my time with. You know what I mean? So I don't know why people resonate with, with this podcast other than, you know, <clears throat> they know in their heart what's bullshit and what's not, you know? And they know, like, when you put something real next to a bunch of shit that ain't real, the real shit stands out. And I think that's probably why people... You know, I don't know. Fuck. No, I, I agree, but I think it goes beyond just your, your actual expertise in business. I think that, in especially in the success and motivation space, where everything is rainbows and unicorns, and you can have your best possible life every moment of the day, is that you have taken time, you've told the story of getting stabbed, what that did to you. You've told the story of struggling with chronic depression sometimes. Not right. chronic, but you know, yeah, depression 20 sometimes. 20 years is fucking chronic. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so I think... It, it, it's insane that people need to have somebody validate this, but just to have somebody come out and say, you know what, you're, you you can you can live the best possible life, but you're still going to have days that suck, period. Dude. It's part of life. It, it is. You know? And telling somebody it isn't is doing them a disservice right. for their entire life. Because when they have the bad days, that's whenever they think there's something wrong with them. Right. They think, oh, man, exactly. you know, I'm not as good as this person because they never have a bad fucking day. Right. You know, and like I'm even guilty of it. Like I don't post on my Instagram or my fucking Facebook and say, oh, I had a terrible day today because I'm not going to whine about it. But, you know, let's say there there is days where I go two or three, four days without posting. Guess what? Those aren't great days for me. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So read between the fucking lines. Right. I might not vocalize it, but like if I'm not communicating that way, it's probably because I'm not having a good time. Right. The silence speaks. It should speak volumes. for itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No. Okay, so for the second time... And I time- would encourage you to let your silence speak volumes, too, because putting it out there for everybody to read is just a bad, bad, bad move, because once it's out there, you can never take it back, and you don't want people's perception of you to be a whiner, crybaby little bitch. Right. You know, because, dude, that's going to affect your income at some point. Right. You know, we're getting to the point now where you go to get a job, the first thing I do is go to their fucking Facebook page. If they got a bunch of negative posts, I'm not fucking hiring them. Absolutely. Period. I don't care how good I think they are. Yeah. I've been telling people for a long time that there's a huge difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. There was this, it's kind of in vogue to be vulnerable online and people pour out like all their dirty laundry and they Dude, go into everything. people make shit up to, be, to pretend You're to right. be vulnerable. But I say, I say to people, don't do that. I mean, there's a difference between just being honest and saying, yeah, today wasn't great, but it's okay. You know, and then going into melodramatic explanations about all of your deep seated issues. I don't think either one of them have a place on social media. To no. some extent. Being vulnerable. Well, be, not being, well, that's what I'm saying. Because not if being you say, vulnerable. look, if you say like, like if I were to say on social media, like, hey guys, you know, and this is the truth. Like, hey guys, I know you guys all look up to me, you know, but the truth is I don't know everything. Sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I say things that aren't, you know, true in, the, in hindsight because I thought they were true at the moment. And I went on later to find out they weren't true. So you should take every piece of information that you get with a grain of salt you know, and think about it for yourself and use it yourself. That's being vulnerable because right. it's saying, look, I don't have to know everything because right. I fucking don't. Right. 
And anybody that acts like they do, which there is some people out there that do pretend that way. Right. They're they're full of shit. Right. You know? Right. So that I think that's that kind of thing is okay. Yeah, and that's what I call transparency. To me, oh, vulnerable okay. is to me dr- vulnerable is like sharing your deepest, darkest. Like there was, I don't, I'm not gonna get into it, but there was like this trend where everybody was sharing their videos of all their vulnerability, and it was supposed to build community. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like Dude. you're gonna you're gonna just open yourself up on so, social media. Not only are you giving, first of it, all, you're gonna be you're, you're gonna give, you're gonna become what you fucking surround yourself right. with. And if you surround yourself with a bunch of pity and vulnerability all the time. That's what you're going to be. Yeah. So let it be a part of your life that you don't fucking necessarily need to share with everybody. Right. Which actually leads to the next point, which is that that in technology. See, people do that because they because other people like it and they get addicted to the attention. You exactly. get what I'm saying? So exactly. Like, so like there's I, I was reading on, the, you know, it's like it's like this whole body image acceptance movement out there. All right. And people are like, oh, you know, I love my body and I love this and I love that. And they're 400 fucking pounds. Right. All right, look, bro, you know, this is beyond you being comfortable and loving yourself. This is a health thing. You're going to be fucking dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But people mm-hmm. post that shit and other people are like, oh, you're so brave. You're so this, you're so that. So they keep doing it. And right. then guess what? They never fix their health. They never take care of themselves. They never get to a point where, you know, they're healthy and they fucking die. Okay. What's good about that? You see right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, dude, it, it's just people get addicted and sucked into these things without even realizing it because of that. Right. No, absolutely. And 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 to his point Like dude, you should be using your 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 vulnerabilities and your your things that are weak about you to overcome and then tell a story of how you overcame it later. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Not today, you know, how you accept how fucking imperfect you are. Everybody's imperfect. But the millennial, I I like the fact that you use the word addicted because according to Seneca, and I would agree with this, the the millennial generation in particular, and there are certainly those outside the millennial generation who who, uh, suffer from this, they're addicted to social media and they think that likes and and follows is the equivalent of significant relationships. And it's not. And Seneca says the problem is, and he actually says that this is not something he's coming, this is in the the, the own, the millennials have said this themselves, that they don't even have, know how to have real deep, meaningful friendships or, or relationships. Well, so they're fuck, basically. How are you going to have a fucking deep friendship relationship if your head stuck to your motherfucking phone all the time? Right, right. If you, I mean, have you literally tried to talk to somebody who's 19 years old right now? It's <laughs> fucking impossible. Right. They don't know shit about anything. They, they, don't know, they don't know what's going on. They don't know anything about anything productive. They don't know, you know, the only thing they know is fucking Facebook and Instagram. Right. And fucking who's get the most Snapchat views. Right. You know, and like, dude, that's not real skill. You know, real skill is providing value through those tools. Right. Like what I do or what some of these other guys do. So you know? here's so here's, like, dude, the, the point is, that's what I was saying before. If you can learn to have actual relationships and communicate and be a real human and you're in this generation, you're at a tremendous fucking advantage because most right. people are zombies. Right. So here's a big million dollar question, though. In your personal and your professional life, you're obviously very uh, um, active in social media. Got half a million social media followers on Instagram and rising. But you walk into S2 or, or First Form headquarters, and it's clear to me that there are meaningful relationships that are part of the culture. Friendships. Like, you guys are simpatico. So how have you managed to... Maintain that balance of yeah, you got to be active. You know, as a as a as a as a personal brand and as a business, you got to be active on social media. 
but you also have worlds. to you have you also have to focus on people who are actually in your presence and build those relationships. How what what are the pro tips? I guess I would say you give people for ba- making that balance, achieving that balance. Well, I mean, dude, most people live a most people live eighty percent, ninety percent of their lives on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're on their phone fucking seven eight hours a day for real, seven eight hours a day on the fucking internet. Like mm-hmm. like I live on the internet because I'm visible there and people see me, mm-hmm. but my total time on the internet is probably an hour a day. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, I'm fucking dealing with real shit. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So what, you know, if I'm just because I'm on my phone, and I'm talking about social media, I guess, not not the internet. So right, right. when I'm on my phone outside of social media, I'm usually like looking at eBay and mm-hmm. DuPont registry and jets and watches. <laughs> yeah. and cool shit like that. Yeah. You know, uh, but I don't live in the social media world. Like the social media world is fucking ridiculous. Right. Like. It's just a tool for me. Do you think people who are building their personal brand think they have to spend 24 hours a day? I heard it today, to man. That? I talked to somebody. My brother was talking to somebody last night who was like, oh, I'm trying to build my personal brand. It's take, you know how much time it takes? I have a real job. I have a blah, 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 blah. Bro, it takes less than fuck an hour a day. Yeah. You know, you're talking about making one or two posts a day and interacting for a little bit of time with your audience. That doesn't take shit. Right. Like, that's that people act like, that's a fucking monumental task. It should take you less than an hour a day to do that. Right. You know what I mean? If you're doing it for more than an hour a day, there's something wrong with you. You're not doing it right. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like. I agree. And I think, I think I've heard from a number of people. Well, what if, you know, I mean, you think the rock spends more than an hour a day on social media? No. No shit. No. And I do I do appreciate what Gary said a while back where his issue with a lot of the personal trainers is that they're all building their personal brand but they're not building their business. And I thought that that was a pretty a, a well, pretty insightful. I would tell you something he said, you know, like I clearly I you know, you guys know I don't agree with everything he says all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there are things that he says that I think are awesome. And one of the things I think that he said that was awesome about social media was that it should be documentation. Um, instead of, instead of like planning it out, like he's trying to say, like he had a word for, he said document, not fucking something. And like, dude, social media, if you want to build an interesting account or an interesting brand should be documentation of your real life, not Hmm. this planned out fucking, you know, fake image of yourself. Which is what everybody tries that makes to do. Sense. That you makes know, sense. It doesn't have to be the perfect post. It doesn't have to be the perfect saying. It doesn't have to be the perfect rant as he says. It could just need, needs to be your life. And, you know, I think that's where people fuck up is they try to, they spend so much time trying to be perfect that it sucks their time up. Well, it's not hard to, you know, look at Dan Bilzerian. He's the perfect example. He's a fucking got one of the biggest social media accounts in the world. And, and for all intents and purposes, he's a normal fucking dude. I mean, does he have some money? Yeah. But he, the reason he's, he's so popular on Instagram is because he documents his fucking life and his life just happens to be interesting. I love him or hate him. The guy lives a unique life. He lives a life like no other fucking person in the fucking world. And he takes pictures of it. And, you know, if you want to be successful on social media, you know what you should do? Live a more interesting real-world life. Take pictures of it. You that, see what I'm saying? Yeah. that's So it's just like what I said. They're trying, mm-hmm. they're trying to, to... 
they're trying to create something the backwards way. Like when I was talking about trying to create the culture by trying to like make everybody feel good and make everybody feel special and take them out to dinners and have team events and team, team building events, fucking throw the string of yarn around the room and everybody creates a web, <laughs> you know, and like, dude, that shit's fucking stupid. Right. That's not what creates culture. What creates culture is actually going out, learning the skills, winning, and then, you know, doing the things we talked about. Social media is no different. You want to be successful in social media, document your fucking life and make your life interesting, which means spend more time on your life than what you do on social media. And then your social media will grow. See what I mean? There are a lot of really good sound bites from this episode. Yeah, well, dude, my yeah. fucking my fucking life is my life. Like people think, yeah. oh, you post a picture of your Lambo, you're showing off. Bro, I drove my Lambo today to fucking work Yeah. in the fucking snow. I thought that was funny. So I took a picture yeah. and I posted it. It's my life. I document my life. People think it's funny. They fucking, you know, I, we do the podcast. I say some fucking sound bites. I yell at some people. People laugh or they fucking get mad or they fucking love it. And they follow me. But that's right. still my real life. I'm doing fucking podcast. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's not manufactured shit. Right. And the biggest, the biggest way you can be relevant in the social media world is be relevant in the real world. Right. Not the other way around. Makes total sense. Well, yeah. Look at all the Instagram celebrities. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they put all this time and all this effort and all this shit. How much easier is it for somebody like The Rock to build a social media font? You think The Rock is spending seven hours a day working out shares with other people and share for share <laughs> and, you know, all these different. No, he's fucking relevant because he's the fucking rock. You know, you right. want to. That's the most social traction you can get is to be be interesting in real life. Right. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah, it also makes sense why. I mean, I even that's why my, I need to do some more cool shit. Well, you do, and you need to bring me with you and Tyler, and we need. I to, bring Tyler with me. I just don't bring you. I know. I, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you just need to bring me with you. If I because it'll be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think, interesting I think that's what he's implying. The most interesting man in the world. <laughs> exactly. Of the three of us, easily, <laughs> easily the most multi-layered. Uh, anyway, so okay, before we go to the last part point, uh, social media contacts at Andy Frisella. Uh, Guys, if you're not following us on social, you're missing half the content because yeah. I post as much content on social as I do on this podcast. Like a lot of people, because I could tell that how many fucking listeners we get versus my social following that a lot of you motherfuckers aren't following me. If you're not following me on Instagram, at least you're missing out on half the content because half of the shit. I mean, this podcast was born from Instagram right. content, right? You know, you're getting daily shit on Instagram. You get weekly shit here. And there's stuff that you're going to get in the podcast you're not going to get on the post, and there's stuff in the post you're not going to get yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, so if you're not following so, me on Instagram, yeah. or if you don't have an Instagram, make a fucking Instagram, follow Andy Frisella, follow Vaughn the Impaler. No, not Vaughn the Impaler. That at, should be your name. I know, Well, I own that one, but it's at Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N-K-O-H-L-E-R. By the way, Andy is mfceo dash one on Snapchat. I'm Vaughn Kohler on pretty much everything. Tyler is at my Tyler M A I underscore T Y L E R. And you know what? I have a a very important. Tyler's going to change it though to MC Salmon. Yes, he is. I have a very important, just like game changing announcement. Okay, I, I would like to start a new. You know, I mean, there's nothing worse than an overhyper. I know, I know, but this All one's right, big. Just letting you know, this one's big. So as as of today, I am starting a new a new tradition. Are you, are you coming out? No, this is a big announcement. <laughs> you got the you got the wrong co-host. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so the big announcement I see is what you did there. today. I'm going to present one. my first ever Vaughn the Impaler Grand Pies Prize. 
The and Grand I'm, Pies. Grand Pies Prize. Yes. So this one. What goes, is the Vaughn the Impaler Grand Pies Prize? We're gonna do that every week, or, or I'm gonna we try are? to. Yeah, I'm Did gonna you do this with the boss. You, well, like, I didn't. I didn't. But you know, because yeah, I'm pretty I, sure I never heard of this before. Well, no, you didn't. But, but just riding them coattails. Yeah. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, I'm. I'm going to fund it myself. I'm just going to tell you if this is stupid, we're not doing it. But I'll right. let you do it this one time. All right. Well, I'm going to... Okay. So, so I'm I going do like to, the creativity on the name, though. No, thank the you. Grand thank pies. you. No, no. I'm just... I, I want to give back. I think you, you know, should send... Why are you I the think per- you should send people fucking pies. Well... Vaughn's That's grand actually pie. not a bad idea. Yeah. So, if you own a pie company and you want to, you know... We're gonna, gra- we're, gonna sh- we're gonna send you That's a great. fucking pie. That's great. But anyway, this is for a listener. This is every week. It's gonna be for a listener who is highly engaged with our brand and who is killing it. Okay. So I already picked the first one. The first one is at the underscore Dan underscore Vasquez. No V-A- way. I know that guy. You do, dude. He sucks. Shut no up. way. We're not giving that it's, guy something. It's V A Z Q U E Z. He's building an empire in the cigar industry. No, which I no, was no, cool. not that guy. No, I got to do it. No. I, I've already, com- I've already committed to it. I'm just kidding. Okay, I don't know. But that anyway, guy, but Dan, I'm sure he's Dan's awesome. gonna get Dan. You're gonna get. That guy's a, like, what the fuck? I'll, I'll, I'm like making mental notes on where I gotta cut and edit yeah. this part. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, Dan's gonna get a free audio book from Audible. Dan, I'm sure you're an awesome dude. Yes, I'm just yes, busting your balls. So. And this is this is the, this is this is gonna blow your mind, ready? So he's gonna get the prize. Mind ready to be because blown. Dan isn't just killing it; he's impaling it. Oh, <laughs> damn! Drop so, the mic, son. So, Dan, you have, the to, mic. you have to claim MC your prize Tyler, by actually contacting you need to go me directly. Take his mic off the stand so he can drop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not just killing it; he's, he's impaling, impaling it. it. Yes. He's been waiting a fucking week to say that. Dude, yeah, I have. that should be it's our actually that should be our weeks. new hashtag. Instead of kill it, it should be impale it. I like it. I like yeah. that. So anyway. So anyway, no, I mean I you know what? Our our I was thinking about how we could give back to our listeners and I you know I like why it, dude. Not? I okay, like it. so right, I'm cool with it. I'm glad you're, you're not the you yourself. It, I'm just so. busting your balls. I know you are. So uh anyway. If it was a bad so, idea though, I would have told you no. I know, I know you would you would have edited it out. Okay, so final point, which is not gonna be a surprising one. Um he says, fourth issue with millennials is impatience. They have grown up in a world of instant gratification. Order movies on Netflix. They don't, they don't need to check movie times. They just order movies whenever they want. Um, and so they expect that job satisfaction, relationship satisfaction, well, there's no app for that. I just want it right away. And so what he's finding is that there's people who start a job and then they tell their boss, well, I'm leaving. Well, why not? Why are you leaving? Well, because I didn't make an impact. Well, how long have you been here? Three months. So how do you feel like this issue of impatience? Like, I okay, assume you agree let's, with him. Let's, let's, let's back this up just a okay. little bit. The world is an instant gratification world, correct? Right. All right. We text. We make cell phone calls. We order shit on Amazon, it's there the next day. We, um, you know, we have an order movie and it comes on immediately, all right? All these things didn't exist when we were kids, mm-hmm. correct? Right. All right, so how much of is the millennials' fault is it that they expect that when the whole world that they've grown up in is based around that? What if you and I had grown up in a world based around those things? Don't you think we would be more impatient? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I don't necessarily, I'm not going to sit here and blame them for this. Like you can blame people for being fucking lazy. 
you can't blame people for the environment that they grew up in. That would be like saying that the environment that, um, you know, Joe grew up in because he grew up with two parents who were lazy as fuck, who didn't do shit and didn't teach me anything should be at the same level that I'm at because I grew up with a dad who fucking taught me everything and a mom who taught me a ton of shit too about being a good person and all these things that allowed me to get so far ahead. How is it fair to compare Andy to Joe? It's not fair. So how the fuck are we going to compare these kids who have grown up in a society where we have all these tools, all these ways to connect, all these uh, conveniences that you and I didn't have and say, oh, they're fucking lazy because of that or they're impatient because of they're not impatient. They just never been taught patience. Right. All right. Right. So to say, oh, they're impatient. You could say that about anybody because tons and tons and tons of people who grew up in our era. And I'm going to say our era, but you're older than me. Yeah, I, I you am. are. Yeah. So tons and tons and tons of people that grew up that are in that age range who grew up with the same conveniences that you and I had that just weren't as convenient as what these people had have become impatient because these things have been introduced, mm-hmm. right? We're fortunate because things took longer and we had to have patience and we had to do things like go look at movie times, mm-hmm. you know? To fi- That doesn't mean that they're impatient. That just means that they haven't been taught patience. So one of the things that parents, schools, teachers, influencers, mentors, Everybody out there who's been successful, who understands patience, should be talking about is patience, okay? Mm -hmm. It's something that has been overlooked and not taught and not explained properly, and and these kids have no reason to understand why things should take longer than three months, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. why I talk about it all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And not only compounded on what we're talking about, the modern conveniences that have been, you know, these people have been blessed with. You have every fucking internet shark out there trying to tell kids, oh, it only takes 12 months to buy right. my program. Oh, right. it only takes 12 months to be a millionaire. I was living in my fucking basement, um, you know, 12 months ago, and now I'm a millionaire trying to get people to, to follow them. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough people out there that are telling them that that's the only people out there that I know that do that actively are me and Gary. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody else doing that. No. No. Mm-mm. Because they're trying to sell something. And there's other influencers out there that I respect and like and everything. But, dude, you guys have a moral obligation, because I know they listen, to fucking tell people that they have to stick with it. Because just because you're making a few bucks off this person, you have to realize what you're also doing. You're also, because you made a few dollars and you didn't explain that it was was going to take time, you're, you're violating them in a moral way, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because... You're setting them up to fail and you're taking something from them without really without really being honest, truly honest with them what, what it's going to take. They're going to go out. They're going to fucking fail. And guess who they're going to blame? They're not going to blame you. They're going to blame themselves. And when they blame themselves, they think they're a failure. They think something's wrong with them. Their self-esteem goes down. They could get depressed, blah, 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 all these other things, all because you wanted to make 100 fucking 50 bucks. Right. When really you could have still made 150 bucks by telling them, hey, my program works, but do be expected to commit to it for the next three years. You know what I mean? Or the mm-hmm. next five years. That way, if they do fail in one year, you can always say, hey, I told you three years. Right. And will you sell as many products up front? You'll probably sell more because it's more the truth and people know the fucking truth. Right. But people are so afraid to do that. And like, dude, you, you, know, you can't expect people to be patient and have never practiced things that make them patient. Right. You know, that's right. that's 
I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was 30 years old. My guitar teacher's biggest quote that he's, that he's very intelligent dude. Um, and I, I need to start seeing him again because I just kind of missed a friendship. But his, his quote that he used to always say, because like, dude, I'm an impatient dude. I want shit right away too, mm-hmm. right? But what's the alternative? Quitting? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fucking quit because I know sure as fuck I'm not going to get it then. So I have patience by default. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not going to give up until I get where I want to be. But he used to say, um, because like learning guitar at 30 is really fucking hard. And uh, he used to always say, you know, you know how you need to become more patient. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he goes, you know how to become more patient? By practicing things that require patience, <laughs> which is practicing your, your guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And dude, uh, that's the truth. But you can't expect people, patience is a skill just like anything else. Right. You know, how are you going to expect somebody to be good at being patient if they've never been required to be patient? So I think that's society sort of failing these people, not them, not a fault in their character. A- absolutely. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you emphasize that because that, that's really what. Like, dude, society- a lot of people, like I bust millennials balls. I'm no fuck. I'm not right. afraid to do that because. No, that's clear. Like, dude. That's clear. But, you know, I don't think they're pieces of shit. I just right. think that they fucking haven't learned a lot of the things that, that are quote unquote reality. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And dude, are there some lazy motherfuckers? Fuck yeah, there are. Right. But there's lazy people in every generation. But like I, a lot of people think millennial and they think, oh, I'm destined to fail. I disagree. Right. I think that millennials have the ability to succeed the most because there's the most opportunity because they haven't been taught things like patient. They haven't been taught things like the same work ethic. They have been raised to go out in the yard and pull fucking weeds for eight hours or rake uh rake the leaves or or cut grass or do set up a lemonade stand. They haven't done that. They've played video games because their parents are too lazy to help them learn. I mean, do we have an entire generation of humans in America that have been raised on fucking PlayStation? Mm-hmm. You know, they they could tell you they could tell you everything about Call of Duty, but they can't tell you one thing about fucking how to, you know, fix the spark plug in your fucking lawnmower. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, we we they just haven't been raised right. Absolutely. And whose fault is that? That's and that's, that's and that's something Senek says at the end of his video. And 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 frankly, I now that I think about it, it's his fourth point, which is that these really are terrific kids. They just they for, through no fault of their own, they have been put into situation. And then what happens is they go into into company environments with with people who don't care about them, who only care about making money, and they fail. And and he talks about how there's just this spectacular lack of leadership. And I love what he says. He says, listen, if you're a business owner, yeah, I'm sorry. It sucks to be you. But if you wanna if you want to succeed with millennials, you've got to care. And I think that that's what I really really truly admire about you is that you do kick people in the rear, but at the same time you realize that okay, if I'm gonna get these millennials to to produce and and to and to become the kind of people that they can be, it may mean I have to wear the drill sergeant hat. It may mean that I have to wear Look, the man, parent hat. It used to be easy. It used to be easy to be a fucking business owner or a, a, a CEO. Mm-hmm. You want your people to perform, you put a fucking commission on whatever product it is, and they fucking go sell it. They make right. money. It was that easy. Right. Because a generation ago, before millennials, people were still taught that money was important and that the goal was to go out and create a living to take care of your family. These kids have not been taught that that same way. It's not necessarily wrong, it's just different. 
Right. So really what this is, is managers being lazy as fuck about adapting mm-hmm. their technique and learning new techniques on how to manage people. A great manager, a great leader, a champion coach, which is what a great CEO, CEO is, is somebody who gets the most out of their people. Mm-hmm. All right. So just because you think they should perform a different way than what they actually perform doesn't make them wrong. It actually makes you wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, when you're a fucking CEO or manager, or you have people right now, and you bitch about millennials, you're you, you're a fucking you're copping out. Like I'll bitch about them if, if there's a real thing to be bitched about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's certain things that are not. There's a line in the sand where it's not their fault anymore. It's yours. Mm-hmm. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So guys, basically to sum up. Uh, Millennials have been taught that life is easy. I mean, dude, we could do a whole podcast on how to fucking get millennials to perform. Let's I think do that it. would be a good podcast. Yeah, I think it would be. You know, because people, I get that question all the time. It's one of the most common ones from old, from 30, 30 year and older business owners who are like, man, how do I get these young kids to perform? Blah, 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 blah. Now, there are going to be some that's still money motivated. And for those of you that are out there, you're there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you get much more out of an organization as, as a whole, and you always will, by doing it the way they want to be led. Look at the companies who fucking survive and thrive, you know, year after year after year after year. They all have amazing cultures, and they're purpose-driven. You know, like, look at a company like Apple. You know, we're bringing these new technologies to the market to help people succeed, to help people be better and have a more enjoyable, more effective life. You know, we're trying to solve real problems with technology. That's a purpose. You know, look at Harley Davidson. Dude, unleash your inner badass. You know, freedom, America, fucking bald eagle tattoo on your chest, badass. You know, dude, that's that's a that's a problem. You know, people don't, you know what the problem is there? They don't feel cool. So what do they do? They go buy a fucking Harley. They join the culture of Harley. And guess what? They're cool. You know what I mean? You know what the problem, you know what the biggest problem people need solved is? Is they want to feel cool. You know, solve that problem, make them feel fucking cool, and you're going to win. You know what I mean? But people don't get that. Like, they work so hard to try and create this money machine without giving these people a purpose. And, dude, what fun is that? Like, oh, I'm the only one making money. These guys are all making a little bit of money. But we don't have any fun. We don't have a purpose. But you're fucking robots, and humans aren't robots. They're humans. So give people something to celebrate. Give them something to go for. Give them something to try to uh, win at, you know, something to achieve, something to innovate. You know, those are the things people want to be a part of. They don't want to be a part of a fucking, they don't want to be a cog in a machine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, and that's really what people bitch about millennials the most. Oh, they're fucking lazy, entitled, blah, blah, blah. Some of them are lazy, yes. Some of them are entitled, yes. But what I don't agree with is when they say, oh, they're purpose-driven. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. Because if your company was purpose-driven, it would make 10 times the money that it normally would. That's why our retail stores are the highest-grossing per-square-foot retail model in the country besides the Apple store. Because we have a fucking purpose. You know what the purpose is? We care. We care if people come in our store and get results. We care if they lose weight. We care if they build muscle. We care if they feel better. We care if they're more confident. We fucking care. So it works. And you know what? When you care about people, they care about you. So what do they do? They go out and they tell their friends, hey, go see Andy over at the Supplement Superstores because he fucking cares. And guess what happens? Your business grows. 
You take care of people, they take care of you. It's that simple. But people have such a hard time with that because typical business is how can we manipulate the customer into getting their money? How can we change the color of our packaging to increase sales 0.002%, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? How, how about you just like make your product better? How about you just show your customers what this product's going to do for you? How about you spend more time with your customers, more time with your employees? That's going to increase your sales a lot fucking more than whatever color you put on the fucking packaging. But, you know, it's corporate America, dude. So before you wrap up, I have to tell you this conversation has given me a great idea for yet another book of yours. Because you have a whole generation of people who think life should be easy, and you're telling them, no, it's hard. You have a whole generation of, of kids who, because of social media, are shallow, and you're saying, no, what you need is you need deeper relationships. And you have a whole generation of people who think that that success could come instantly, and you're telling them, uh, no, it's going to take a long, long time. So here's my, here's my epiphany. You ready for this? I don't know. Okay. The New York Times best-selling book by Elizabeth Gilbert was called Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. You're going to come up with a blockbuster book <laughs> called Hard, Deep, and Long. <laughs> <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> Hashtag impale it. <laughs> I like I, it. I, am I gonna? I'm gonna probably get blowback for that, but I, I don't, don't give really, a fuck. I, I, well, I don't either, really. When yes, it comes you do. down to it. No, I really we talked don't. About this last episode. No, I don't. I think it just. I think it just perplexes me. Hard, deep, and long. <laughs> Register that name. We're gonna use it. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Well, I've, I've just ruined it now because somebody's going to write it down. No, you fucking register it like right now. Oh, right now. Yeah. Okay. People okay. got three days before people hear this shit. I can't. That's true. <laughs> you put dot com on, you you know, on the end of it. You motherfuckers like are already three days, three days behind. I bet hardeepandlong.com is not available. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet it's, I bet it's some interesting content. <laughs> okay. That, guys, thanks so much. Uh, any other closing comments? Yeah, I do have some closing comments. You know, if you're a millennial and you're listening to this podcast, you're already part of the group that is on the right track. So give yourself, uh, you know, some credit there. Um, you know, when I speak negatively about millennials, you know, it's because I have witnessed frustration. This is, some, this is where Gary and I don't agree because I run a retail company. I employ all millennials in that retail company. I know how hard it is to find good. And my people, because they listen to this too, you guys are fucking great. You know, do we have our issues? Absolutely. Do we have our struggles? Absolutely. But my people are the fucking best people. Like my people, I don't care if we open up fucking whatever store, ice cream store, a tire store, fucking a store that sold widgets. It doesn't matter. We will whoop your ass because our people are awesome. But to get those people is a different story. We interview fucking 5, 10, 20 people for every one person we hire, maybe more. Because so many people are just clueless. That's where the bad rep on millennials get. And that's where it comes from. So you guys have to realize that you are at a tremendous advantage. And that's a good thing that your generation is the way it is in a lot of ways. Um, but there's certain things about millennials that are really cool too. Being purpose-driven is one of the things I like most about them. Because they do want to be a part of something. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know? I don't think that their lack of patience is something that they should be faulted for. They grew up in an in a, in a era where patience has become something that is very rare. So that means if you develop it as a millennial, guess what? 
success is easier for you to achieve than it was for me or the generations in the past. You know, if you're a hard worker and you're millennial, your chances of success are much higher than it was for me or the generation of the past when there were more people who were wanting to go out and make a lot of fucking money. You know, that's awesome. If you're a millennial, you should be happy about that. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a millennial, your chance of success, because I can already tell you're on the right track or you wouldn't be fucking listening, are so much higher than what it would be for your parents or your parents' parents. When everybody was forced to work because if they didn't work, they'd fucking starve. Okay, you should feel good about that. You should feel good about being a millennial. You should take pride in that because if you're and you should set an example for that for that brand of quote unquote millennials. You see what I mean? Um, But, you know, when people bash millennials, realize they're not bashing you. You're the fucking pride of the millennial generation. You're the people that make us have hope. That's you guys listening you know, feel good about that. Don't get upset when people bash millennials. The, the thing that, you know, I see now, like, people bash millennials and then all the other millennials are like, fuck you, we work hard, blah, 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 blah. Right, they're not right. talking to you. No. They're talking to the other motherfuckers who live in their mom's basement until they're fucking 40 years old. And you know half your fucking friends are those people. So, dude, don't get so defensive. You know what I mean? Like, feel good about what you are. You know, do I agree with what Gary says about all these millennials or blah, 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 blah? Sort of. I guess, like, there's good millennials out there doing cool shit, just like there's good people in any generation doing cool shit. But I do think there are lacks in certain things because of failed parent strategies like we're talking about here where people were raised on video games and fucking microwave dinners and they didn't have real communication. They didn't go out and play in the fucking dirt. They didn't jump their bike over ramps and over their friends and play with Hot Wheels in the fucking mud. They didn't do that shit. So they have different perspectives. You know, and whether it's their fault or not, which, you know, they've got to adapt. And when they don't adapt, it becomes their fault. And that's the problem I have with it. When you walk into a workplace and you're not going to give it your all, you're not going to contribute, you're not going to take initiative to be the best you fucking can, you're a lazy piece of shit, you know, and that's it. And you're going to, that's what you're going to get in life. You're going to get a lazy piece of shit life. You can't hide your way in business to success. It doesn't happen. You know, a lot of people think they're going to come into a job and they're going to do work half-ass and they're going to hide in the system and eventually because they get so old, they're going to become successful. No, that's a bad strategy. It just is. You know, it's never going to work out for you. So if you're one of these millennial people, realize that, especially if you're listening here, you could shock the fucking world with your work ethic and your drive and your your ability to take responsibility and be a leader by just being ambitious and, and doing the things that we're talking about here. A tremendous opportunity for you guys, and I hope you take advantage of it. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much. Catch us next time. Bye.